Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Welcome to this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. This is part two of a two-part discussion about the importance of properly interpreting the Bible in both parenting as well as teaching children and youth. I hope that you're blessed and hope you've had an opportunity to listen to part one, which is posted a few weeks prior to this being posted. Thank you and God bless. And do you need a seminary degree or some expensive Bible software to interpret the Bible, Ben? No, I think you just need some patience and some practice. And I mean, ultimately, you you need the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and to open your eyes to see the wonderful things that are there in God's Word. <laughs> but you don't have to have fancy education or, you know, no fancy theological words or something, something like that. I mean, there are helpful tools out there on the Internet that will uh, give you insight into what a certain Greek word or Hebrew word means or, you know, where it's used elsewhere. Uh, study Bibles can be helpful to, to explain those things study notes, but you just got to remember the study notes are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, often they're right if you get a good one, but, um, you know, look at it for yourself. And, and, and But yeah, you, you don't have to have all those things. It's not just something for the spiritually elite. Uh, yeah. Just a normal person can read the Bible and understand it with, with a lot of benefit and that they can pass on to others. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think this goes to the doctrine uh, to perspicuity and clarity of Scripture. Uh, the I, you know the Bible is not like uh, that. Have you ever read John Owen before? Well, just a tiny bit, and I've read a little bit of some kind of modern polishing up of his language. Um, now, so. John Owen is a great uh, Christian writer from past centuries, uh, and I think a great resource for those who can endure it. But it, I mean, it really takes advanced degrees to uh, get through John Owen. It is not, you know, that it is not as accessible as other works of literature by any stretch. Or you yeah, know, I mean, if you're used to Joel Osteen, you probably don't want to make your next book a John Owen book. Yeah, yeah, or you know. Or to compare that to, you know, some kind of advanced master's degree level that calculus book. That That's not something I'm going to be able to read. I'm not going to be able to follow that without question. <laughs> but the Bible's not like that, you know. The Bible is clearly guided and written in a way that for the vast, vast majority of the Bible, I mean, if we, if we apply the same principles to studying a text, if we do anything with how we even pay attention to an email that we get from a friend, that we can basically understand understand the Bible uh, the in a, in a real way if, if we do the actual work but that for that said there are things that are harder you know and that we do understand that and that's okay if you're struggling with interpreting a passage in the Bible there is no shame um, and you know and I want to say that those that those who do have those seminary degrees and do have those Bible that Bible software and whatnot your pastors they can gl- usually gladly help and be a great resource for you interpreta- interpreting the Bible so you can teach your children, uh, so you can teach uh, a youth that you might be leading over in the church. Yeah. Now, uh, what are some uh, good resources uh, to help you understand and teach a text, Ben? Uh, well, 
Uh, D.A. Carson's got this book on Greek accent marks. That people like. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never read that. I just I'm aware of the book, but um, I think I don't know. I've had trouble sleeping. Maybe I'll get that. But um, uh, no, there's a book. Uh, it's called Show Them Jesus, um, and, and that's. I guess it's not necessarily nuts and bolts, but he talks about how to look at a passage and then try to see how it's pointing to Christ. Because ultimately, I mean, Jesus took that approach that that all of Scripture as a whole. That doesn't mean that every sentence or every you know clause in, in every sentence is you know you can like pull the magic rabbit out of a hat. But as a whole, it's pointing to Jesus. So it's by a guy named Jack Klumpenhauer. Uh, that's a really helpful, very practical book. There's another book, I've read parts of it, uh, but I know it's very highly regarded. It's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Uh, yeah, I think it's Fee and Stewart, Gordon Fee yeah. and Doug Stewart. There's another one I've heard good things about. I personally have not read it, but um, it's written, it's called Living by the Book. It's by William and Howard Hendricks, um, and it's about just trying to take God's Word, read it, understand it. Uh, and it's not intended for you know seminary professors. There's another one. It's a podcast that I've come across recently, and it's more along the lines of the, the Show Them Jesus, uh, but it's put out by the, the folks that do the Gospel Project over at Lifeway. It's called the Hero of the Story podcast. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the episodes, and um, anyway – it was it was good and, and the two guys that are talking about it are pretty knowledgeable but it's it's accessible it's, again it's not technical and so they're just trying to help people that are teaching God's word to to understand that Jesus is the focus and so not just to not lose sight of the forest uh, for the trees so good. yeah what, what what kind of stuff do you like so one uh, very broad one is I want to you know encourage those who are struggling to study the Bible and need help for interpreting the Bible for those that they teach, whether they're on children again or youth or children at the church, get a study Bible, you know, and that is one, uh, something that is not extraordinarily academic. It's something that you can engage with and that can, you can help and that can give a really quick and straightforward answer to a lot of your questions, you know, and that's not to say that's the definitive answer, but it can help give a little notes as you read in their Bible. Uh, so I know the ESV Study Bible, I think, is especially a great resource. And consider maybe getting an ESV Study Bible as a help for you as a parent as well as a a children or youth ministry worker. Another uh, resource, and this is more geared towards uh, that way in which we do family discipleship, as well as some, as well as I actually use it sometimes even when I work on children's lessons. Uh, it's a book by Paul Reynolds. It's called Sixty Six Books, a uh, One Story. Sixty Six Books, One Story, and that is a book that kind of goes through each book of the Bible. And it summarizes the basic themes of it in a way that, you know, in the way that the typical uh, av average member of a church and even a child or youth can understand. And it shows how the book of the Bible is put together, who wrote it, around when it was put, around when it was written, the themes and all kind of stuff like that in a very simple way. And I think it can be a really great resource, both for your own interpretation of the Bible as well as for guiding you as you teach others the Bible. Yeah, those are helpful. And, I, you know, most major translations of the Bible have good study Bibles available. Uh, and so, I mean, I know of a couple and have, have some of those. And so those can be, they you know, they can have charts and things like that. They chart uh, a certain 
theme across scripture. Um, they can have helpful articles, even about how to read the Bible uh, and interpret it correctly and apply it and that kind of thing for uh, for your own personal life and then you know as far as it relates to teaching. So um, there's there's just really a wealth of stuff out there. That's good. Now, I'll ask then, Ben, with all this talk about studying the Bible, at what point in preparing a lesson or even preparing family worship should we study a text? I think generally you should read the text first. Now, I know you know the uh, New Testament guy, Doug Moo. I, I know you do. Um, Good buddy he of says, mine, yeah. What's that? Good buddy of mine. Yeah, he's your boy. Um, so he says his method is he read now this guy. Most people are not going to be consulting a lot of commentaries, but he that's what he does. I mean, he's a, a commentator and a scholar, and he says he likes to read the articles and the commentaries first, and then well, he reads the text, then he reads the commentaries, and then he comes back to the text because he said then I have new questions to come ask as I read the text. And he wants those questions to be fresh in his mind as he approaches the text last. And then as he goes to write and prepare, the text is the last thing that he's, you know, seen. I think, I mean, find an approach that that works well for you. I mean, most of us probably are not going to have as technical of approach as Doug Moo. Uh, and that's okay. But I think the big thing is that Scripture needs to be the predominant thing. It's that we're not just completely relying on our favorite Bible teacher, you know, whether it's whoever it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think we go to the Bible study first, you know, in that kind of way. And now actually, I think that is counterintuitive to how a lot of children's and youth ministry can work sometimes, you know. Uh, a lot of times we might <clears throat> pursue the craft or pursue how we want to teach a lesson first. Yeah, I know of preachers that do the same thing, you know. That I want to teach about this topic, and then I'll kind of force a Bible passage to relate to it, even if when I've studied the text it doesn't really relate to it. Uh, which I think abuses the Bible. Uh, the And I think in the same kind of way, you know, we should, you know, if you're going to teach a Sunday school lesson, if you're going through Gospel Project or something like that, if you're going through a Children Desiring God lesson, I think before you even go through the work of looking at what the craft will be, I mean, you take the Bible passage and you read it and you study it and you think about what this means first. And even if it's only for a few minutes, even if it's in a 10-minute uh, break at work, to take some time to look at it, before you look at any of the other extra things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 got to be the the main course of what you're doing in the, in your time, and not you know the other uh, add-ons. Now, should we give all the fine details of the text when we explain it to kids and youth? Uh, <laughs> no, um, they may help you understand and explain it better, but I think the 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 young, the kids, teenagers, whoever you're teaching, adults, they will drown uh, if you tell them everything that you saw. I mean, you just can't pass all that along, and it'll just be like, uh, but um, it can prepare you, you know, to answer their questions and that kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah, the... You know, I, I think we definitely want to make sure that when we're teaching First Timothy to kids, we need to clearly give an answer to them of how women are saved through childbearing, right? 
maybe not. That and, you know, <laughs> throw in something about baptism for the dead. And... Yeah, no, and passages like that, you know, there's a lot of uh, that details and complexities in Scripture <laughs> that I think are not related uh, to the primary point of the text. And I think uh, that meant something to the original uh, original audience. And, and they're valuable because all of Scripture is valuable. Every point that you can dig into it is valuable. But I think we need to focus on the big stuff and the main focus of a text uh, and not get into some of the side details. You know, I think you're making a mistake if you want to use a Greek verb or you know a Hebrew noun with a uh, ch- child when you're teaching <laughs> in that right. kind of way. So to teach... Uh, or to teach theological German or something like that. Uh, I think we focus on the big points, but we do give certainly some background information at the same time so that we can show, you know, this isn't just, I'm not, I'm not just pulling that, this out of whatever, you know. <laughs> this is what the text says. Yeah, yeah, you're t- as you teach, you're modeling for them how to read the Bible. Yeah. Now, how can parents improve their ability to interpret a text in their own teaching of their children? I think it's as simple as practice, um, just even in your own personal Bible reading. Don't just read it to complete it on, on a reading plan or, or you know. Um, and, you know, I sort of hated on the devotionals earlier. Again, I, if the, those can be beneficial, but, like, make it a point to read through a book of the Bible and, you know, working your way through it. Um, and don't necessarily just go by the the chapters sometimes maybe you sit down with some of the short new testament letters you can read them very quickly um but most bibles these days have section headings and usually they get it pretty right even if they mislabel the section a little bit i mean just as far as how they break them up that's helpful because you're sort of seeing like if you're reading a normal book particularly a non-fiction book um you have it broken up into chapters and then you know subsections within the chapters and sort of say okay this part goes together and so just in your own reading trying to understand the point of what's going on and not just okay done but like read it and think about it reflect on it a little bit yeah, that's good. Well, I think in that, you know, basically to what you're saying, I, I think read the Bible slowly when we want to mm-hmm. interpret it. You know, it can be so easy to just check off our Bible reading. And I think that's why we become such shoddy interpreters of Scripture. But read it slowly. Think about it, about it. Meditate on it. Maybe take some notes. Not take some notes of, of that this means I need to go to this or that job because, you know, I'm vaguely taking it out of context. But what does this mean? <laughs> You know, what questions does this text provoke in your mind in that kind of way? You know, to take the time, you know, and sometimes I think it's helpful to have, I mean, there are Bibles sometimes with margins in it to write notes of thoughts. You know, I'm not a big on that approach. Uh, and certainly I'm, I'm, I'm against the approach of just using that to uh, uh, write beautiful and make beautiful butterflies on the side around <laughs> to help you read the Bible. Uh, but, you know, things like that that can help you kind of ingest the Bible. Uh, I think you get, we have to all as Christians learn the Christian practice of ingesting the Bible. Man, you're just hating on the on the you know beautiful butterflies because you can't draw beautiful butterflies. That is true. I cannot draw beautiful butterflies. I can barely draw <laughs> stick figures, my friend. <laughs> now, how uh, does studying the text prepare us to answer our kids' questions? Well, I think it may. Um, it prepares us like the kids may notice details as we're teaching about a, a passage of scripture uh, or something that we may not have thought of 
if we just you know read off a script and didn't really engage with the passage of scripture ourselves um but if we've done our homework we we may have encountered the issue too or it may just kind of help getting our wheels turning and so as they bring something new you go okay I've already thought about this passage and tried to to understand it and wrestle with it, and so you're better able to engage with the question um, because you've just you've spent time digging into it. That's good. Now, I, the uh, that's a good answer. Uh, do we need to teach children though how to re- study the Bible on their own? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you want to teach them to feed themselves, and uh, I mean, this is something element I have not done that well um, since you know I've I've been here at Curtis. Um, I mean, it's something that we want to try to move towards, and I realized uh, just even teaching the kids some basic Bible skills. So, rec- well, a couple of months back, uh, I got a deal on some paper Bibles and just get a box of, of these Bibles, and it was like. I don't know. We got them for thirty something bucks, and uh, I forgot how many. Maybe forty Bibles or something like that. But we could use them in this certain setting, and all the kids would have the same Bible. We could tell them, okay, well, this is on this page, so they get used to seeing. Oh, okay, we're in John today. Oh, I see John's almost, you know, relatively here at the end. Oh, we're we're in First Samuel. Oh, that's kind of over here. And just get them used to looking at a Bible and um, and that kind of thing. But we we do need to teach them, um, and we we can model it by giving them good teaching ourselves, but also teaching them study methods and um, just basically, you know, teaching them here, kids, you know, as you're reading the Bible, think about it, like ask yourself questions, ask the the, the passage questions. Um, And so I think it is something that you build towards. Yeah, that's that's good. I think we absolutely need to do this. You know, we don't regard it as that case sometimes because it's not as, you know, it's not as easy to focus on, but reading the Bible is a Christian discipline. I mean, it is. It's one of the uh, clear uh, focuses of, of Christian life and Christian depth, you know. We're called to all be students of the Bible, every single one of us, not just, you know, theologians in that kind of way. We're all called to value it, and, and it, children are no exception. I mean, just as Jesus welcomes children in, he certainly welcomes children in to read his Bible. Um, and so we need to teach our kids to study the Bible. We need to prepare them in clear ways, like you said, with that, you know, and pointing out uh, the uh, and pointing out, you know, this is where John is, you know. And I think even things like helpful things that can, can help even a young age is even the Bible songs, you know, the uh, the songs that teach the books of the Bible in order, so that they can know how, you know, when somebody says for Samuel says this, this is where I turn to in my Bible. Uh, this is what that means, you know. Even teaching them to take the time and read a, read a whole passage, you know, and take the time to ask questions of a passage, you know, to think about things, even at a young age. And, you know, one thing in family worship, our kids will sometimes ask crazy, complex, weird questions about a text when we read it to them. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable, but encourage it, you know. That is what they need to be doing, and what we should reinforce is that kind of analyzing of the text and questioning and wondering. And, th- and that is right and godly, something that we need to instill in our kids. Yeah, we, actually, um, our pastor's been preaching through Jonah recently, and I had a mom email me. She, she said they try to, at home, they try to take the passage of Scripture for the sermon that day and talk about it. Um, that evening and so one of their daughters I think it she's their daughters are like in third and fourth grade so 
that gives you an age range. And one of them asked, she's like, why does God pursue us and give us chances, even if he knows, like with Jonah, like if he knows what we're going to do? And so, I mean, this girl, you know, I mean, I don't think she's hit double digits yet in age, and she's wrestling with, well, how does this work? Why would God come after us? And, you know, <laughs> when he knows what we're going to do and, and all that. And so, I mean, they're, they're, you know, those wheels are turning. And so it's, I think that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And now how do we teach kids to interpret the Bible for themselves without starting cults, of course? <laughs> I think in many ways, like you do with adults, um, you teach them to, to read and to reread the passage, to, to read it in context, to, you know, I mean, like my daughter, one of my daughters is in first grade right now, and so they're learning about reading comprehension and asking questions of this little passage they had to read this little story they had yeah. to read and so like that i mean it's it's just teaching them good reading skills um teaching them to ask good questions of what they've read you know i, I mean one maybe easy way a little template the who what when where why how i mean that could be a method you should i don't want to say that's the only thing but um and teach them to ask for help too you know and and just to further the conversation whether it's parents saying, you know, bring those questions to me and we, we'll try to look at it together. And then if, you know, we can't figure it out together, we'll go talk to one of our pastors or, you know, something like that. And so that uh, it's okay to, if you don't know the answer, but you're just trying to ask questions and understand it. Uh, and teaching them again that the Bible isn't this magic book. It's not just a a book full of sentence, declarative sentences um, or just these one-off proverbs, but... Um, you know, we, we should work to see what it says because it is so important. That's good. Yeah. You know, uh, that when we do our children's lessons, we try to do a lot of asking questions. That's, you know, almost all good children and stuff, and, and even youth should. Uh, but, you know, I think too often we just ask questions, you know, what does it mean to that uh, be a good friend? Uh, but, yeah, I, mean, I think we help kids and uh, youth interpret the Bible on their own by asking questions when we're together in our programs uh, by, you know, reading a text together. Before you even launch your lesson, what do you guys think this means? What does this verse mean? And letting them mm. <laughs> dive deep and be willing to even, you know, help them if they get it wrong, because they will, and we'll get it wrong sometimes, too. Uh, but even in family worship, too, I think that is one clear benefit of family worship is that we can teach our kids to interpret the Bible through it, you know, and through having those those kind of questions that you describe, you know. Uh, we don't just read the verses to our kids, but we... I mean, what does that mean, uh, that uh, child, you know, how does that that relate to this passage, you know, in a way that, in a simple way that kids can understand, especially when you're discipling young kids. But nonetheless, we need to interact in those kind of ways. Model questioning, because, I mean, that's all what it, exegesis is about asking questions, asking the right questions and looking for the right answers to those questions. And to teach that skill of asking good questions and looking for those answers. And I think even, you know, encourage kids I mean to do that kind of work on their own so I, and I think we will thoroughly equip our kids to really be avid readers of the Bible and excellent exegetes if we do this work and that's important even though it sounds like a big word that we don't like to use a lot right right no I, I, that's a that's really good and helpful uh, and I think even like with memory verses not just the main lesson but I mean I know we do that with um, 
with kids with different settings where we'll have like a, a, a memory verse for that unit or that for so for several weeks they have the opportunity to learn that and so just asking them i mean i, I know last night with our stuff I mean that we're recording this on a thursday morning so we had our wednesday night stuff and i was walking around helping kids do crafts and the, the memory verse was from daniel and it talks about how the Lord, you know, he gives wisdom to the wise and um, he he even knows what lies in darkness. And I was asking kids, what do you think it means that God knows what lies in the darkness? And I mean, they were like, uh, I don't know, you know. And so I was trying to explain, ask him questions, trying to, to dig a little, help them to dig a little deeper. But because um, I, I mean, I found that too, I, when we were in Kentucky uh, my wife and I helped out with a Awana program, and I, we were with the Spark, so some of the the younger kids, and they were memorizing John three sixteen. It's like the first verse, and um, they, you know, you'd ask them, "What is this? What is this talking about?" And like, really, all those kids could tell me was perish. Like, so what happens if we believe in Jesus? <laughs> perish. Like, no, no, I know that's okay. That's the word in there that you probably don't understand. It's kind of a cool sounding word, but no, we don't perish if we believe in Jesus. And, you know, but just, just getting their, their wheels to turn some is what will bear fruit. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.